are now listening to Wisdom from North podcast with me, Jannike Einias. Here I will explore topics such as metaphysics, spirituality, personal growth, and in general, how we can create good lives for ourselves. My intention is to find some answers, but perhaps more importantly, finding new questions to ask, because there is always something new to discover in this wonderful universe that we live in. In Wisdom from North, we're passionate about helping you take your spiritual growth to that next level. That's why we are collaborating with some amazing spiritual teachers and partners who offer free webinars and classes. Go to wisdomfromnorth.com forward slash free. Disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast belong to the guests and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of Wisdom from North or any entities they may represent. Now, please enjoy the episode. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a new podcast episode on Wisdom from North. Are you into animals? Then this episode is for you. You're going to meet the charmed lady, Trisha Carr. Oh, I love her. She's uh, she's so magical. She's just this magical human being. <laughs> I love working with her. She's also one of our masterclass teachers in Wisdom from North membership, where she has a class about spirit animals. You know, when you see an animal again and again, what does it mean? You know, I saw jaguars everywhere. I'm not talking about the real jaguar. <laughs> I'm speaking about, you know, I saw the car, the jaguar. I saw a jaguar on television. Uh, in magazines, uh, written somewhere. Like, I just saw jaguars everywhere. And this was in 2012. And what I've come to understand is that jaguars is all about uh, transformation. And 2012 was the year where I started with Wisdom from North. And I changed careers. Basically, I went from being a musical theater artist to start with something completely new. So I believe that I really got help with seeing jaguars everywhere. <laughs> so life was supporting me. So today we're going to speak about uh, something a bit different. We're going to speak about what animals really are. We're going to be really esoteric. So have an open mind for this because I'm, or Trisha is going very deep into like, what is what are animals? Where do they go when they die? Uh, where are they on the evolutionary path uh, compared to us as humans? And apparently, animals are psychic, much more psychic than we are, which I find fascinating. And we're doing this interview because we're going to have a live webinar in April 2023. So if you're listening to this before that, then come and join us. You'll find the sign up on wisdomfromnorth.com. But if you're listening to this after the webinar, then just enjoy the conversation and learn about how you can communicate with your pet. 
because maybe you have a pet, right? Or maybe you just have a favorite animal that you want to learn how you can connect more with, you know, telepathically or psychically and really understand the needs of the animal. Well, Trisha Carr is the woman for that. So I want to introduce you properly to Trisha. She is a spiritual teacher, an empathic channel, certified hypnotherapist, animal and nature telepath, and master multidimensional medium. Nothing less. So guys, are you ready to learn more about animals and how you can communicate with them? And what really animals are from a spiritual, uh, esoteric, metaphysics perspectives? <laughs> then lean back and get ready for Trisha Carr's Perspectives. Hello, Trisha. A warm welcome. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful, Janneke. So nice to connect with you and thanks for having me. Love it. Yeah, it's so nice to connect again. We have done some interviews before. You've been a masterclass teacher in my membership, and now we're going to have a co collaboration about animal communication, which I'm really excited about because many people have asked me, you know, can you do more on animals and how we can, you know, telepathically communicate with animals or how can I learn to do that? And I'm very, I don't have animals myself, but I'm very curious about animals what it is and how we can communicate with them and I it was funny because I just saw a butterfly today was really struggling and it's just typical that that happens today you know and I saw it on the street and I'm like trying to help it survive but I'm like how can I make it survive and I feel like we had this moment where I like sort of had it in my hand and just put it over to the grass because I didn't know what to do with it and I just felt that it was a moment uh, and that's that happened today when I was going to speak with you. And you've also had a class in our membership about reading signs from um, animals that we see around us, uh, that they speak to us all the time. So this conversation can go into many directions, <laughs> which I'm excited about. But I want to say that uh, all of you who are watching, you're so welcome to join us in our live webinar that we're having in April 2023. So you can just... Uh, uh, check out the link below and you can join us and there you basically will answer questions about how to communicate with animals and how to deepen this uh, skill uh, that you have that we all can learn. Yes. So uh, before we go into the communication with animals, I would love to be a bit philosophical uh, and ask about what animals really are, because I do a lot of interviews about what happens after you know, we die and uh, what a soul is. Uh, and then I'm curious about animals. So do they have their own soul? And when we speak about reincarnation, can I reincarnate as an animal? And now a bunch of questions comes, but what <laughs> about the afterlife? Do like the cats that I'm close to go to the same afterlife? So let's just start with, you know, can we reincarnate as an animal? Like, are they the same as us, basically? Oh, I love this. It's so exciting. I love that we're starting here and I'm getting all the chills. <laughs> so animals are, uh, yes, so to, to start with the fact that, yes, soul energy. Yes, they have souls. They are soul-derived They are soul uh, derived entities. Um, you know, when we're talking about all of nature and all of animals, we probably, in order for it to make a little sense, is think about uh, dimensions, uh, the dimensions and uh, or like the ascension level of a soul, which the ascension level of a soul doesn't mean good or bad or or better or anything like that. But most, let's say domesticated animals, our dogs and cats, the ones who live with us in our family, in our homes, they are in a, a higher second dimensional soul ascension and bridging over to third dimension. I mean, they are 3D beings because they're materialized here and everything. But so far as where they occupy in their frequency, we are more like three and four and density is a better word for it, three and four and also crossing into five and anchoring into five. And they are more two and three anchoring into five. So just to... It, I know that might seem a little esoteric, but if you can just imagine, and I think we can see the distinction here, those inner dimensions are very close or proximate to the signature of our mother earth, of Gaia. 
And that signature of Mother Earth is very close, especially from our uh, relation to it, to creator energy or source energy. So it's like our parentage, the animals that are in our lives have this strong vibratory connection to Mother Earth. And we're somewhere, you know, in the middle. But that Mother Earth energy is, again, mirrored with source energy. So again, I'm just laying that out. We can just let it wash over us. But, the, but to some of the other details, so then other animals like uh, reptiles and insects, think of them being more oriented to those deeper inner dimensions, more of the lower 2D or 1D. And so are things like plants and um, minerals, you know, stones. A stone is a one-dimensional entity, but it is still an entity. And so it really has to do with how we relate energy to energy. You can telepathically communicate with a mineral, a crystal, or a stone. Will it talk to you about things that are like in your life? Not exactly, but you'll receive a vibratory conversation or communication that you can translate into something beneficial or interpret to something beneficial to your life. Does that kind of make sense? <laughs> that is so interesting. That is so interesting. I just saw a movie. I, I don't remember what movie it was, but it was about these two souls or, or people. And all of a sudden they were two stones uh, oh. communicating with each other. And they started moving and they're like, can we move a stones? And I, oh, I should have remembered what movie that was, but it was like a, a recent movie that just came out that was popular. And it just showed that we can be in all sorts of places. I, I think it won an Oscar. Uh, yeah, here, everywhere, something like that. Oh, everywhere. All, yes, I haven't seen it yet. I keep saving it for a special day off. Everywhere, all at once. I can't think it. Everywhere. <laughs> yes, that yeah. one. Mm -hmm. This is super interesting. And what you said was that you sort of jumped over the fourth dimension. So you said that animals are uh, two and three, and then they jump over to five, but not. The well, they mirror. It's like they mirror. So the fourth, uh, there's two words that we use, dimension and density, and they mean slightly different things, but we also sometimes use them interchangeably. If we're talking about dimension, dimension is a thoughtscape. It's it's essentially what humans it's what we all pass through in order to move beyond it is really in physics it's the dimension of time and so but in metaphysics it's the dimension of thought and feeling and emoting energy and so really thought and emotive energy on its own doesn't have very it doesn't have an anchor into a material experience and it doesn't have a higher experience of like you know creation if we were to isolate just thought and emotions like it doesn't it's not leveraged to have any real meaning on its own does that make that kind of make sense yeah 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 so for example earthbound spirits humans who um depart from their bodies but they don't move beyond their ghosts if you will they're existing in that fourth dimension and so they're kind of, uh, that's the interbetween, you know what I mean? They, they, they are maybe paying attention, but they're no longer anchored to the, you know, the physical dimensions and they haven't moved forward. So it's really just like a transitional place. And um, anyway, so animals do have a very, they have a similar experience to us as it concerns transition. Their energy, well, what I've been shown, and I don't know any other teacher who has also had this experience but what they've shown me is that when an animal let's just take like a dog just to because there's so <laughs> an animal it's like <laughs> there's like an endless amount of animals on our planet so let's just take the common one like a dog or a cat and so that animal pat you know removes the 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 soul energy from the body it's there's the silver cord is severed so the uh consciousness is no longer attached to the physical body they are immediately in that fourth dimensional space but before they move beyond beyond they go into the earth into her portal and they basically get a reset of their soul energy it's kind of like a factory reset and it mostly has to do with the human unconsciousness that they've absorbed so they need they reset and then they move forward into beyond and yes they have it's like we do have all of these same experiences but usually what we pick up on from this perspective is what's relevant to us. So people who 
people who have animals very close to their life, um, when I do mediumship, they will have their animals come forward, as well as maybe their mother or something like that. But people who maybe don't have relationships, they may not pick up, uh, you know, th th those animals may not come because it's not relevant to this life right now or what's going on in their life. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. And uh, I feel like this is something I also heard or read in the raw material. Yeah. Uh, is that sure. where you have it from? Or you also said that they are telling me. So do you have your own guides that are telling oh, sure. this? Or Yes, yes. So I don't know if raw material talks about that going into the earth portal. I, d I don't no, remember. They, I, I was just but... thinking that they talked about the different densities and that yes. animals are in the second or third and we are in the fourth. Like what you said in the beginning, mm -hmm. that was like, I, I think I've read this from the raw material. Yeah, probably. Yes, I do. I, I've read the raw material several times and I they do talk about raw talks about um you know humans the, even the humans that were in the project he's like oh a couple of you are fifth dimensional or fifth density ascension coming in so they if you are let's say a fifth density ascended you know coming into a human body you still occupy uh zero to three dimensions plus you have to occupy fourth dimension because you have to think and feel but yeah you have an anchor or you know, a, a soul's trajectory of that experience. You have a history of that experience. And right, so you, I'm sure you'll hear some of that as well. But you said, so do I have, yes, I have specific guides, of course. And when I'm working with animal communication, a lot of times St. Francis will help me, St. Francis of Assisi. And that's because he was, um, you know, he was a spiritual patron of animal. He was a spiritual person. He was... Um, and he loved animals. And so he really helps to bridge the the connection between animals and humans here from having lived the experience. And so uh, often also because he was a healer, St. Francis will come through when an animal that I'm working with needs healing or needs transition too, you know, is going to be transitioning. Wow. Yeah, because I mean, you have so many skills. I feel like you are a multidimensional uh, teacher and uh, medium and empath and spiritual teacher. So um, when you are receiving messages, uh, you said, Francois Assisi, are there other guides that you're communicating with as well? Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And the way it works is that an identification of an entity or you know whoever it is it really only comes forward if it's helpful like if i need to benchmark it or for me to understand the characteristics that are being enhanced by that particular guide when i'm moving around it's often and i say moving around whether in my life or working with others i usually say they because it's just like a collective the texture of it will be different the literary voice will shift and change and sometimes i say oh is it necessary for me to have you know, a name or an identity to who or what I'm connecting with. And sometimes it's like, no, just keep moving forward. And sometimes it's like, sure, here it's, you know, maybe this archangel or maybe it's this uh, interdimensional collect. Maybe it's the Pleiadians, you know what I mean? Or something like that. So sometimes, again, it's helpful and sometimes it just doesn't matter. Yeah. You asked me, though, if we reincarnate as animals or if yes, that's Yes, I was going to ask about that because uh, one um, one thought I have is that we perhaps move past that, that I have perhaps been an animal. Uh, and because I, what the way I see it is that we are perhaps evolving as a consciousness uh, as a soul so i've been a rock before and i've been an animal and i've been a plant and now i'm a human and perhaps sometime in the future i am a pleiadian or like a play it doesn't mean that the pleiadians are so far advanced i think that's you know also a mixture of different levels <laughs> uh but maybe you know i'm a lighter being uh, in gazillion years ahead but uh, another thought I have is that I think we also can drop into any consciousness yeah. from the other side and explore anything. So maybe there's not an answer to this, but what do you think? Right. And what you're tapping into is that time isn't linear, especially when we're talking about eternity. Obviously, it's not linear. 
everything is happening now. So you as a Pleiadian and you as a, a stone are existing. And now, sure, from our perspective, because we do live on a linear timeline, we have a birth and a death and everything in between, it does help us to also view it from that perspective, which is why I think you bring in, oh, well, I've ascended beyond being a stone. And yes, so the, it's like it's both are true. There's every time we get into profound universal lot, there's it's a paradox. And we if we can hold both as realities, then I think we we actually then find all of the answers, yet none of the answers at the same time. <laughs> That's the paradox. So, I, I mean, if you think about the raw material, which I'm so glad you brought that up, raw, the um, social memory complex raw says that the humans that he was they were dealing with one of them was a fifth fifth ascension i think one was six i'm not i don't remember exactly so those those humans had ascended beyond the human experience but dropped in and ross says that you know those wanderers as as it's called or the brothers and sisters of sorrow moved beyond ascended beyond that but wanted to come back to help and pull up others so with that then i would say and i don't claim to know everything Maybe next time I will, if there's a next time after this, you know what I mean? Like, however I want to view it linearly, maybe I'll be a cat because I want to help cats. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. So who knows? I think, who knows? I think, though, that one thing that is interesting is that when we do review past lives or even future lives or something like that, that we do, as I mentioned earlier, we probably recall or, or recognize bringing into our cognition, recognize that which is most relevant that's why I might review a life, which this is literally one of the lives that I've reviewed, where I was a nun and I was a bit frustrated because I couldn't move the message of God ahead faster. You know what I mean? Um, but sometimes it has been because I am such an animal crazy lady. I have recalled times of being an animal. So humans may recall human lives way more than they recall animal lives because you're living a human life and you need those human lessons to be recalled. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I just want to mention for those who don't uh, know what we're speaking about when we're saying raw. So this is channeled material. Uh, the books are called Law One, and this was channeled in the 80s. And there was this woman called Carla Rukert who was um, channeling this and she was a complete trance. And this has been uh, resulted in many, many books. Um, I don't know how many, but uh, yeah, a few books. And it's just so comprehensive. It's just so complex. Uh, and for my English, you know, being in a Norwegian, it's been a, too, a bit too complex, uh, but I love it nevertheless. Um, and uh, fortunately, we have teachers who, like you and others who can explain this material for us. <laughs> However, let's speak about animal communication, which we're going to speak about uh, in that webinar. Um, so animal communication, is that uh, basically psychic, a psychic reading? In a way, um, yes, it would fall into the category of um, functioning in the realms of psychism uh, because it, telepathy is the exchange of thought and emotion and just every kind of nuanced energetic communication that we can that i do teach a, a specific kind of animal communication i call it direct communication which is especially we're considering incarnated animals is me telepathically directly connecting with that living animal from that living perspective as opposed to their higher selves or something or as opposed to tapping into the human and then kind of getting what they may be assuming about their animal. So I intend to like me having a conversation with you say, Yannicka, what do you think about this? Rather than like pulling an Oracle card and saying, what why Yannicka think of that? <laughs> you know, I'm gonna ask you, I wanna honor your perspective. I mean, obviously I could also go into a deep trance and connect with your higher self, higher self to higher self, and you know we could have that kind of communion but how does that if i only did something like that i would be bypassing your wonderful beautiful lived experience and so that's my intention is to connect with the incarnated animal personality and all so what that brings in is if you ask this dog hey 
how do you like your food? And he goes, well, bacon is my favorite. And I should really get bacon all the time <laughs> because he's not a nutritionist. He might be operating from his, you know, little bit of a greedy um, appetite. However, they also will say, well, that kind of food hurts my tummy and, you know, get their full perspective. So that's one piece of it. And then I also teach um, that, you know, if I need to, because I am an intuitive, if we need higher guidance that your dog wouldn't know because he isn't a nutritionist or a doctor, then I can shift and ask spirit, you know, what do we need to know and get that kind of guidance. But I like to honor that direct connection first so we can really, you know, again, get that full relationship. And it's so fun. As funny as you think, I'm speaking to the audience, you think your dog or your cat is, they are that funny and they are intending to be that funny. They have sense of humor. They have, they have a sarcasm, like just, that's one of the features that you, you get confirmed with animal communication. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is so exciting. Uh, and I bet you have a bunch of stories and experiences with animals and so, okay, so let's speak about domestic animals, like a dog or a cat. I, I know you have cats. Mm -hmm. How do they perceive us? How do they see the world? Like, <laughs> what are we to them? Are they well aware that we're humans and, you know, we think in this way and blah, blah, blah. This is our, how our world is functioning. I, I bet they don't know all that. But uh, what do they know? How do they perceive us? Yes, well, they they have their uh, capacity to be aware of the unseen or the psychic realms. They have that intact. Actually, you know, they do learn our language too. They learn our verbal language. Obviously, we know that they learn commands. They learn their names. They learn the words that have to do with their food. So they learn and they 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 adapt to ver verbal language, but they're still mostly telepathic, as are we. But we have trained ourselves to disregard and pay more attention to verbal language or at least a lot of attention to verbal language so they do they can see and pick up and if you want to think about it as hear all of our thoughts they don't because that would drive them crazy we have 60 to 80 thousand thoughts per day they have way fewer thoughts than we do these are much more present we were thinking about the past and the future and we're worrying about things they're not doing that they're they're being very present and enjoying the sunshine so you know but they do because of that because of how we are different i would say they they see everything that's going on with us they get alerted when it's really uh when they want to help because they are natural energy healers so they will tend to us nurture us they will just bathe us with unconditional love and that is in a way both healing us but helping to ground us so they kind of see us as a balloon barely tethered to the earth and they kind of want to they want to bring us down and they want to just remind us what's important which is us here now presence love unconditional and um so yeah they can see and hear all of our thoughts but they don't see and hear all of our thoughts if that makes sense they, they it would just drive them crazy that would be way too much content for their vessel it's so. sort of interesting that they're more tuned into uh the other side and that they can see beyond the veil sort of like see things that are not there and that they are behind us in evolution in one way if you see it from that perspective well maybe but i think that we move into a rough spot in our where we are now um because again if we think about how close they are to the gaia frequency i think in one perspective they are more ascended than us they haven't moved into the illusion that we have moved into they have in a sense because they have relationships with us but not as much you know um, and that goes for wild animals too because we're here doing what we're doing to this planet and the wild animals are dealing with that so they are they have one toe in the illusion that we do, but it's kind of like, I mean, again, it's not linear, but if we want to look at it as linear, we almost devolve as we go through this, which is why I say like our brothers and sisters of, of light and spirit, our guides really like our chant, they, they, they were like, you, you're just doing something so amazing, like to willingly go into that illusion of separation when it's not true. So yeah, I mean, in a way they're, I feel like they're more because they are spiritually more advanced than we are after they hit our, our animals 
when they hit the age of maturity, let's say for a dog, maybe three years old or something, they surpass us spiritually. They are more spiritually advanced. They become a living spirit guide for us. Oh, wow. On this planet. Yeah. But is that the fact for, you know, a lion or a bear? I mean, they're getting from, from for their food and they're taking it. I don't feel like they're very empathic when it comes to, I don't want to hurt this <laughs> animal or this human being. Uh, and we've heard stories about people connecting really well with these wild animals. And then uh, we've heard terrible stories of that going wrong uh, because they mostly care about food and that's in instinctive instinctively no i can't say that yeah no i get it well Maybe you can say it for me <laughs> it's their instincts yeah. yeah it's their instincts well the thing is it is our instinct as well and in some ways we we have again entered an illusion in order and we disconnect from it i mean plants are sentient as well so you know i i love the Native American um, animistic uh, way of being able to take the life of an animal and honoring its sacrifice in order for it to receive, yeah. to sustain them and to clothe them. And the same with plants, uh, you know what I mean? Like they are alive and sentient as well. So yeah. animals and the, and the wild animals, they are, uh, they are operating in their primal energy and we are as well. It's just that they are, they're really in that zone of primal energy, but they love their, they, you, not all, they, they said a lion. So, you know, like a, a big cat loves their young and, you know, so they're empathic. They just have a different purpose for, you know what I mean? Like they have a different perspective. Some of us are walking around here taking lives and not, yeah, not so acknowledging right. it. Right. So, so right. There's so many perspectives to it, actually. Yeah. And when you put it like that, it makes all sense. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. So, okay. Um, communicating with animals. I mean, obviously there are a bunch of benefits to that. Uh, and especially if you have animals yourself, uh, I would love to hear some experiences you've had with some animals you've connected with and maybe your animals. And maybe if that surprised you that you thought they wanted something or you thought something, but it was totally different. Yes, that's exactly. Yes, they do surprise me all the time. And and by the way, I should say that, you know, I also teach animal mediumship, but, you know, as speaking about, you know, connecting with our animals who are here present incarnated in the body. Yeah, my, my, well, okay, I'll tell you a really fun story about, I'm, I'm going to tell the story because this, this person, this client of mine actually also published it on, on Instagram. So I know I'm not like crossing any boundaries and giving away, you know, her private information. So it was a couple, a, a man and a woman and their dog. And the dog, one of the things that the dog showed me was, I was like, he's showing me a room that is. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Either it's like I'm seeing a green room and I'm also seeing a room that has like a gray blue, dark gray blue. And they're like, well, we have both we have rooms that both of those colors. <laughs> so I'm completely remote. I connect with the animals separate remotely first, just by having a picture and his name and some of the questions that the humans want to ask. And then I get on a zoom call with them, you know, so I've never seen their home. Don't, they don't tell me anything like that in the, 
So like, yeah, we have rooms that are blue and green and one's that blue gray color. And then it was like, okay, well, he particularly wants to talk about the blue gray colored room. And he says to me, this, this room is cozy and this room is where we meditate. And the man and the woman go like, oh, and, and she like looks at her partner and he's like, I, I meditate in this room with the blue gray wall every day. And the dog, he comes in and he goes under the, the bench every time I meditate and he like takes a nap. I'm like, okay, but he's not taking a nap. He's actually meditating too. And so you, that's why he says, this is where we meditate. So, I mean, that's just pretty rad. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've never been in their house, but acknowledging that the animal, this dog also meditates with his human and, and enhancing how this experience in this ritual that they have together is so beautiful and valuable to him. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so this must help you a lot uh, with your animals, right? With your cats. Do you like uh, communicate with them psychically or, or like uh, telepathically all the time or most of the time or? Well, you know, when I teach animal communication, people who have animals, they, they often think that they they're like, well, I guess I'm not I couldn't do that because I don't think I do that. But the fact is, you always are your animals in your family are like an extension of your body. So in if you're in your life, it's really fluid. So like if I said to you, Yannicka, what is your what is your big toe on your right foot feel like right now? Like you have to go, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You have to like really focus, right? Like to go, okay, wait, I think maybe it's cold at the tip. <laughs> you're just kind of, it's all a part of the global experience of Yannicka. That's what it's like with your own animals in your family to isolate a certain under you know, message or communication you kind of have to focus so i actually teach people to connect with strangers animals first because then you go oh because their energy feels foreign to you not like as native to you as your big toe you know what i mean and then you can translate that focus onto your own animals and again your animals are not thinking as many crazy thoughts as you are so it is a simpler perspective so when i want to communicate with my animals to get a specific kind of answer or communication I do focus and I'm intentional about it because um, otherwise we're just moving fluidly together like one body but my cat Barnabas who's a black cat and he's like the he's I we always say he's the best person in the world if you ever wanted to meet the best person it's a black cat who lives at my house <laughs> and um I reach out to him like I I shared this on my podcast recently i was about to talk about animals so before i went in i wanted to record an introduction and so i telepathically tapped in while i'm at my studio and they're at home and asked barnabas is there a funny story you can you know share with me and he wasn't interested in a funny story he wanted to tell me he said why do you make your head hurt is how i kind of like translated it i'm like what do you mean how do i make my head hurt he said you only breathe to hear and i can feel it in my body he said, if you only breathe to here, then your head will hurt. And he said, and you know how I'm at home and I give you massages. He does his biscuits on my lower abdomen. So he was, you know, indicating I, only, I breathe shallowly and that if I breathe deeply, then, you know, and so he told me that and I was like, well, that's interesting. Two days later, I had a migraine because <laughs> I hadn't probably taken his advice very well. <laughs> You know, it's a common thing when we're busy, we're stressed and stuff, we sometimes don't breathe well enough. So, um, yeah, and he just told, and, and then he also, I don't know, he tells me all kinds of things and I will see them evidentially later. If I either take his advice or I don't take his advice, I can see it later. <laughs> That's very interesting because maybe you went in with the intention to communi communicate with him and his needs and about him. It's about him. And then he starts speaking about you. Yeah. I sort of didn't expect that, you know, like I would, I, if I would uh, communicate with an animal, I would be like, okay, so what do you need and what do you like and how it's like to be you and blah, blah, blah. Uh, not that how they perceive me. So that's really interesting that they, they can be your so psychic reader. Yeah. Yeah. They love us so much. And in a session, I have, you know, they always want to talk about their human and, and, and say beautiful things about their human and give their human advice. And then I'm like, okay, it's like toward the end, I'm like, 
what do you is there anything because the human wants to hear what do you want what makes you happy what can be different and then sometimes towards the end they'll be like well actually i don't like my water dish <laughs> you know i have to like really let them get their intentions out first i also usually in a session just have them tell me about things that bring them joy show me their house what are your favorite activities and that you know opens them up gives them the floor but they always want to talk about their humans they love their humans so much they feel like that's the most important thing to talk about Wow. Fascinating. And so how strong is that bond? Like, have you experienced that they sometimes don't like their humans? I mean, they it's not like we have uh, given birth to them, like a child who is so loyal, but I, I, I assume they are very loyal to, you know, those who own them, but can it sometimes be like, okay, there's no chemistry here. <laughs> <laughs> so such a great question. I mean, I would say the people that come to me to pay for a session to find out what the true thoughts and feelings of their animals are, it's not as likely that I'm going to come across that. Um, but I will tell a secret little story with complete, this was not actually a proper client of mine. And um, I'll obscure as much of the, the information as possible. So this person who was like, it was really inappropriate for them to reach out to me to ask for my professional opinion, because we didn't have that relationship. It was like something else, but this person had learned what I do. Person called me out of the blue on a Saturday and said, I had this issue because my dog, um, you know, we had, we had scheduled for my dog to be euthanized today, to be put down. But then when we get up in the morning, he's very peppy and he's running all around and his appetite is great and everything. So I don't know what to do now. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to help out. And I tapped in and the dog was like, yeah, I'm not ready. I mean, I have some more time and I have some more things that I want to do. Uh, yeah, sometimes I don't feel well because I'm sick, but I, you know, I'm still good, you know. So I told that to this person and this person was disappointed to hear that information. This poison person responded and said, oh, well, my mother-in-law's coming over today. My mother-in-law doesn't like him. And it's really inconvenient for me for him to be here if my mother-in-law's coming over. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, man. You should put your dog down for the inconvenience. So, I mean, that's a disconnect, I would say. But again, it's probably the only, com the only example I have. And it wasn't a proper, you know, <laughs> someone who loves their animal coming to me. She was coming to me to, I guess, to get me to sign off on the fact that she could euthanize her dog, even though he didn't seem ready. So yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> Sorry to bum you out. <laughs> what do the dogs think about, you know, that we have the power to just put them off? Uh, I mean, that if they're psychic, like you're saying, they are, they must know this. And mustn't that be terrifying for them? Or are they more relaxed? Like you said, like, oh, it's not my time. And they, they seem very agreeable. Well, so being more connected to the eternal nature, they don't tend, animals don't tend to fear, even though the, there's a survival instinct that's attached to the physical body. Of course, they're going to, they're going to resist pain and they're going to, you know, fight or, or whatever to survive. But in the depths of their soul and personality, they do recognize that actually if they're sick or something like that, they'll, they'll be freed from that and they'll be more themselves. And so the love and the relationships and the purpose can continue in that way. But in their body, you know, when it's still viable, they want to continue their purpose in their body as much as it's appropriate. And I'm of the perspective that I don't think that you can get it wrong like the higher selves our higher selves are not going to let a human end the life of a, of an animal unless the higher self that doesn't mean it's right in our perspective you know what i mean like you just can't you can't um it, it, there will be consequences sure but the higher self of the animal signed off on it too somehow you know what i mean i don't know it's a little fuzzy and i don't mean to spiritually bypass it all it's still there are consequences here but they, you know, I think they just relax in the, I, I, when animals have anxiety about transitioning, it usually has to do with wanting to clean things up here, wanting their human to feel okay with it, wanting the human to be able to be relaxed. And, you know, while they're sad and going to be grieving about their loss, they just want them to be able to be a part of it as much as possible, be, be with me. And um, when I do a lot of actually death doula 
work with animals. It's really for the humans. And, and it's, I don't even, it's not a service. It just happens a lot. Everyone in my life who's losing an animal will call me. And, um, and I hold, I hold the space with them while the animal is transitioning. And there is this thing that and I, I don't usually share this. So I want to give this with a grain of salt, but it seems like the animal time and time again, the human will tell me that I told him, my dog or my cat, that he could go. He didn't have to stay for me. And I really felt it in my heart. And that's when the animal will go boom, 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 and power down. And I don't ever tell a human that when they're in the experience, because I don't want them to feel they have to force it, because it's okay if you're not ready. It's, it's perfectly timed. And so, yeah, the decline will happen like really rapidly. Wow. When they give that, you know, they can anchor in their body. It's okay. You know, really okay. And, and there's always this perspective of a loving, compassionate human who's like, of course they can go if they want to, but there's some kind of change that really deeply happens where they say, please, oh, it's almost like, please do go if you're ready. That's what seems to happen. Do you believe that in the same way as we have soul contracts, you, you know, to meet certain souls, et cetera, and have soul groups that we are predestined to uh, connect with certain animals in this incarnation? Yeah, absolutely. Animals are a part of our soul groups. Uh, the other thing, so they will uh, continue to incarnate maybe within one life or over other lives. They also, the animals who pass while we're still you know they're most of the animals that are in our that we have as you know pets i don't like that word pets as much you know their lifespans are shorter than ours so um a dog will be a strong spirit guide for the family and will actually pick the next animal to come into the life and will actually train that animal from spirit from the spirit side how to be a part of this family and how to serve them and so and there's also the the what I've been told is like they say I'll send a portion of my energy so it's not like maybe a huge reincarnation but they're like I'm going to give them a little bit of my frequency and uh you know to to be in the family but yes definitely there is um they're a part of our soul group in that same way that we understand humans to be I'm just so amazed by how complex it all is and how planned it all is and seems like you know from a human perspective things are a bit random but it seems like nothing is random from the other <laughs> side yeah it's wow. a much yeah but much broader perspective so you can see more of the picture that's probably a good way yeah. to think about it yeah so have you always had these abilities or did you all of a sudden uh awaken them through some incidences that happened to you or something that uh yeah, you went through and it just opened because that tends to happen with some people and others are just born with it. It's both. Uh, so when I was a child, it, my father and one of my sisters, they're both animal communicators. They love animals and they and, you know, it was just very natural to be like, oh, he says this. Oh, she said that. Oh, and now she's saying this. And it, so it was just normal. Like, I don't know. I didn't. And I even as I got older and like my, I have two other sisters and, and my mom likes animals too, but you know, the three of us were like, you know, really anchored in animal communication is what I would, I didn't call it that then. It was just like, you know, it's just your family. And the other two sisters, like, I just assume, you know, they just don't like animals that much and that's okay. You know, they're just not that into animals. And so I didn't think anything of it. And so I think from that model, I moved into the world with that same assumption that, of course, if you like animals, then you, you know, you know what they're feeling and thinking. And, and I didn't think of it as like a specific psychic skill or something. I don't know, just like as a part of my experience. And then, um, and then when I was uh, in my 30s, um, my dear cat was um, transitioning and uh, that I had this moment with him. So the, the vets kept telling me, I'm like, well, how do I know if I'm supposed to assist him? And the vet kept telling me, he'll let you know. And I was like, but you're a scientist. Like, that's not a helpful answer. What do you mean? He'll let me know. But it was interesting. The vet kept, they kept saying, he'll let you know. I'm like, what does that mean? He'll let me know. 
was really frustrating and difficult because he was very sick, but you can't tell when's the right time to help him or let the natural process continue. So um, I was cradling him, him in my arms I, to syringe some water into his mouth because he seemed very dehydrated. And he was very weak, but he shook his head really hard and he was mostly blind and he looked me directly in the eyes and I felt in my body the words, no more, it's time. Like as if he had said it with his voice, but it was in my body. And so I knew, and that was when I had that moment where it's like, oh, okay, it's, it's time. And so we assisted him. That was a big pre-catalyst to me understanding that animal communication is a thing. And then about a year after that, um, I had a spiritual awakening of sorts. And um, the first thing that opened up was this gift of animal communication as I was having energy coaching where we're working through my energy body and the coach was saying, there's something more we need to uncover. I don't know. And so I had this imagery of when I was a little girl talking to animals and my energy coach said, that's it. That's it. That's what it is. You're an animal communicator. And I was like, what, you know, again, I barely knew that as a term, but I had taken into that session a concern for this cat who was a feral cat in my backyard who was coming up to my back door and saying, and it's just so funny again, like to me, I like, she's saying to me, and, and I don't even realize that's a weird thing to say, cause it's always been a part of my experience. She's saying to me, I can't have these babies. I need help. And, but I don't know, you know, what it was, cause she was big and pregnant. So she, this energy coach, she's like, after our session, go out there and communicate with her. And so I did, I sat down. And I was kind of hoping she'd be like, oh, no, I'm fine. I d it's hard to intervene with a, wa a feral animal and make a choice for them. So I didn't really want the responsibility, but I connected with this animal and I heard very clearly in my mind, I can't have these babies, but it was like to where it's like, that's not my voice. It's not even my preference. Long story short, I took her to the vet and the vet said, you're really fortunate you got her here in time because she couldn't have those babies. One was already dying and going to get lodged in her vaginal canal and she would have died obviously so with the babies. So she was literally telling me I can't have those babies and um, she was a part of my family for eight years after that. <laughs> oh wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting how we have so different skills and uh, I mean I've never had an animal like a domestic animal in my life, a pet in my life. And uh, it's basically because I think I'm allergic and uh, my family has never had it. And I'm even afraid of dogs. So do you have any recommendations for a person like me who is afraid of dogs when I'm running, you know, into the woods and people are walking with their dogs? I'm having pictures in my mind that they're going to jump on me and and even bite me in the leg. I don't mm. know where that comes from, probably a past life, but mm. I'm super afraid that they're going to bite my leg for some reason. Mm. So there's a lot of fear there. Uh, but if I could, I don't know, send out some signals before or something like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those, those, the, the, the thought, it's almost like whenever you had it, maybe it does seem like something could be from a past life. Um, so, I mean, I would probably, if I were you, maybe do a little meditating, you know, do do a little bit of a self in, energy healing on it and seeing if you could wrap up that imagery and move it out because it's stressful for you and it's, you know, it's not helping you. But I would say if you can move that out and then you can also assist it by um, when you see a dog coming you can say you could give yourself some affirmations about like um i'm sure this is a, a loving dog i'm sure this is a loving dog look how much he loves this human just like think about that give your give your mind give your energy something else to focus on like affirmations and um maybe even if you're not sure you could say i wonder how easily we'll pass by each other i wonder how much he's going to pay attention to his human as i pass by him you know He's out there with this human. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But could I send out a message to the dogs? Like, please, guys, I'm afraid of you. Please leave me alone. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, if you're, if you are, I want you to see if you can soothe your energy first, because they are very literal. Um, and so if you can calm yourself first and maybe even say like, I want to stay separate, 
you know, they're very literal. So if you say to a, like, for example, you want to speak affirmatively and li literally to an animal, like you wouldn't want to say, don't be scared to an animal because that's the subject there is be scared. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And because I think that if you're having these fearful thoughts, which you can give yourself compassion and for, so I don't want you to feel bad about it at all, or worry about your fearful thoughts. But if you can figure out how to even soothe it a little bit, and then you can maybe send out the signal of, I want to be peaceful. I want to pass by. I want to let you be with your human, you know, something that is more manageable for you. But if you tell the animal, I'm scared, they're like, what are we scared of? Okay, should I be scared? <laughs> That's funny. So to the, speak. the thing that is ironic is that I've had two roles because I'm a former musical theater artist. And I have two roles where I, <laughs> my character loved dogs. And it's just so <laughs> ironic when, you know, I have no experience with dogs. And I remember on stage practicing uh, rehearsals, uh, being in rehearsals for Annie, because I played Annie. And this dog come running, you know, towards me and jump, uh, jump up right at me. And I started crying, you know, I'm dead scared. Uh, but it did go okay. So I think that's, you know, like a, a small, small trauma I had there. Nothing bad happened, but it was just frightful and very, I was just embarrassed. You know, everybody was watching me, all the adult actors, and I started crying. And then I got another part like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, where she has Toto all the time, like here. I just needed to befriend that dog. And I'm a bit proud of myself, you know, with no experience and also this fear I had that I managed to do that. Uh, mm -hmm. And part of me has been like, oh, it would have been nice with a dog, but I'm still allergic, so it would be a problem. So I, I don't think it's in my incarnation Sure. Uh, to have a focus on that but for those who have a focus on that um, do you have any tips uh, like I know you're going to share tips a lot of tips in the webinar uh, that people can join but do you have a tip right now on how we can communicate with our pets sure so with your own animals um, I would say you know you can meditate and just get you know very open clearing out the thought and emotional energy you know just any of any kind of your regular progressive relaxation and mindful meditation induction to get you to that space that's very open and then um, in your heart or you might think say in your mind invite your animal to come and be in that space of the imaginal and so when i say imaginal i mean in our meditative space our inner sensing whether it's feeling visualization or our inner ear our mind's ear and any way that the inner sensing is occurring for you and imagery isn't only visualization it's all of the inner sensing so invite your animal to come and occupy that space with you. Now they may physically come or they may not. It doesn't matter because we're having a telepathic experience, which is all of the energy. And then um, you can ask your animal a question, but what you wanna do is be anchored in your heart and a completely open expectation. I mean, no, no expectation, but an expectation that whatever it is that you sense is your animal responding and the, and then, but again, be anchored in your love for your animal, like listen with your heart. And it could be something that is so what you would expect, like, I love you so much, or is it dinner time, you know, <laughs> whatever, or it could be something completely unexpected. And I just want to encourage you to lean into that and accept it. And also, if you're like, well, if not, nothing really came, then what is that nothing like? Is that nothing peaceful? Is that nothing as you think of your animal whom you love so much? It's love. So getting attuned to the very, the much more subtle vibratory frequencies of this kind of communication, that's, that's the process. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us today. And uh, I really love this conversation. It's not a conversation I often have. And I, I love that you went a bit esoteric there because uh, I've always been wondering about animals and sort of where to put that like in the whole picture. And this made a lot of sense. And also, I feel like I um, 
Yeah, that fear, you know, just the way you're explaining uh, animals, how how spiritual they are, uh, that helps me to look at animals in a different way that I can actually learn a lot from them uh, and not be so afraid, but actually have them guide me. Uh, and I mean, I, I do use spirit uh, animals uh, in my mm -hmm. practice. So if I see, you know, a swan again and again, or I see a, a picture of a jaguar, for instance, that I did for many years, that is something I've been very like focused on and it has helped me, but I can also open up a bit more to the physical animals. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll just tell you, it's actually common for kids to have a sort of traumatic moment with a dog because dogs are usually larger than children and they don't understand, you know, and maybe the adults who are around are a little apprehensive of a small child being around a large dog. So it's actually kind of common. It never happened to me, but I have, you know, the weird family that I have. But I've heard that story a lot from people, just so you know, and you have specific incidents. And of course, it could be the past life as well. <laughs> yeah. And also, I mean, I'm mostly allergic to cats. Like I cannot be aware uh, um, uh, with cats, like my eyes are just, I cannot see. Uh, so that is interesting as well, that sort of life gives you a hinder that you cannot be together right with a certain animal. And I, I think there's a teaching in that as well that makes me a bit foreign to, for instance, cats. Like you have cats who love them and I can't be around them. So that's interesting as well. And what is that about? Because uh, if I didn't have that, I would probably, you know, love to have cats around because they're so wise and they're, yeah. So that's interesting. Well, do you know that um, allergies have a, there's a pretty good success rate in with um, allergies and hypnotherapy, which I find really interesting. So there's a very, oh. um, you know, noticeable mind-body connection and some people can, I'm not saying all, and I'm not saying that it isn't also, you know, something that is maybe hardwired into the body and the genes or something like that. But yeah, it's, it's it, a lot of allergies are, are responsive to hypnotherapy. So I just find that interesting. <laughs> very interesting. And I just want to share- that you need to, Not that you need to do that. I just thought you'd find that interesting, you know? Yeah, but there might be people who want to do that, who wants a dog and have some allergies. And that's a real issue, you know, and it can be a great companion, especially if you're alone. It's a beautiful companion. And I just had this experience once with this cat. And even though I'm allergic, I was just like, okay, let's forget about my allergy. Because it came to me and I was sitting down on a bench and I was going through a rough time. And it was just around me. I've had a couple of these experiences, actually, so a cat following me and stuff like that. And I was like, why are you following me? And I started speaking with it. But this time it was like uh, on the bench and all of a sudden it jumps <laughs> right up here <laughs> and it stays with its legs or, or something like around oh. here. And I didn't get afraid. I, like I was, I, I don't, didn't recognize myself. But I was in a weird mood. It was like a bit dusky outside and dark. And I, I was sort of like open-minded, very open-minded that day, like in this mystical mood. And I just let it do it. And we were just sitting there and I had this cat here. And it was the weirdest moment. And my, my mind was blank. And I just felt that this was a, a spiritual moment like uh, a really beautiful moment and that it had a purpose. And then after I think a couple of minutes, it's just jumped off and ran away. <laughs> and I was like, that was nice. That's so beautiful. That sounds like a soul recognition. This yeah. Like, There's my friend. I better go say hi to her before we leave these lives <laughs> again. <laughs> I know it was really beautiful. And I'm so happy that I let that happen instead of going into my fear. I'm like, oh, I'm allergic, but I just let it happen. And yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. I love that so much. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing everything you did today, uh, Trisha. And I'm really excited about the webinar we're going to have. And for everybody watching, if you're watching this before, we're having this webinar. So join us and you can also check out Trisha's work. So where can people find you? 
Uh, well, they can find me on Instagram, YouTube. I have a podcast and, you know, my website, it, you can find it. I, well, maybe we'll have it in the description, but it's basically my name with the word charm, Trisha Carr Charm. And that's my website. <laughs> Beautiful. And also, Trisha, you have a masterclass in our membership also about um, yeah, spirit animals. Yeah. Spirit animals and interpreting mm -hmm. signs, you know, when you see a, a snake again and again or not so many snakes here but you know if you see a certain type of animal again and again what that means etc yeah. all right so thank you so much for being here today trisha thank you for having me Annika. such an honor hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you want to become more who you are and live in alignment with your soul's purpose and explore a deeper meaning with your life, then you are most welcome to join Wisdom from North membership. If you want to go deeper, you can find all our English online courses and programs at wisdomfromnorth.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube just by searching for Wisdom from North. Until the next episode, much light from here.